0: hey everybody welcome back to the redline roots podcast super excited to have this conversation with ben cosgrove uh the incredible instrumentalist about his new record the trouble with wilderness which is out everywhere now so uh I think you're gonna wanna hear more from this record after our conversation with Ben. Um, He's someone that I've known for a while and is just one of those people who feels like, you know, you could just pick up and immediately start having a deep, thoughtful, funny, uh, insightful conversation Um, He is incredibly knowledgeable about a wide range of topics and just pushes himself creatively all the time. Um, I remember when Ben sent me uh, a recording of uh, one of his songs from his last record, Salt, which he'd redone with a felted piano. And just that exploration of new sounds was so exciting to me as a listener. And he's continued that with this new record of pushing the envelope, trying to find new ways to express himself. And the results are fantastic and amazing and uh, comforting. After a long year uh, without uh, live music, and for some of us, you know, kind of feeling in a rut. um, For a lot of us, feeling in a rut. Um, So I'm super psyched to bring you this conversation with Ben. Hope you enjoy and definitely check out the new record. This guy Reg Sainer. Do you know who he is? Do you know his stuff? No. So he was kind of a buddy of Edward Abbey. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you like a, a little line from an essay from his because it felt like it felt resonant to me with what you were thinking about with your own record. Um, His
1: name is, sorry, Ed, Reg Singer?
0: Yeah, S-A-N-E-R. Singer. Reg Singer. Okay, yeah, hit it. Yeah. Um, So he says, we mustn't kid ourselves. When wilderness was all there was, there wasn't any. Our glances that way are necessarily retrospective, created by its own absence. Wilderness could only have come into existence by disappearing.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) he's, he's got it.
0: (laughs) Well, so I I mean, so I'm, I'm really interested in this sort of like, you know, I don't know if it's a turn or an evolution or just a sort of shift in your perspective, but sort of like that idea of. How you're thinking about, you know, uh, the the spaces that you're writing about now, and how that's evolved for you.
1: Um, It's it's sort of been a I've I've discovered things about it Mm. in the process of of trying to well I guess like to give uh, context for what you're asking about. I I, (laughs) um, I've been I've been writing about landscape for a long time. And I um, I kind of by accident wound up in this place where most of what I was writing about and then like talking about on stage every night um, was these kind of like wilderness areas or like classically beautiful spaces and national yeah. parks and oceans and you know, all this stuff. Um, and that uh, I sort of began to worry that people might be taking the wrong lessons away from uh or wrong message anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> away from my shows. Like I, I, I had I've always kind of hoped that, um, by hearing me kind of like write and talk about landscape, I'll be, I might inspire people to think about how they are made to feel by the spaces they mm-hmm. move through. Um, and I didn't want the takeaway from my show to be like, that guy gets to go to some cool spots. <laughs> huh. um, so I, um, uh, I'm obviously like very troubled by the, the, like the things that are, you know, in that excerpt you just read, um, that like this idea that by, I, I, I don't know. I feel that it, when people kind of fetishize mm-hmm. wilderness and, you know, quote unquote, like natural places, they kind of give, it, it might give moral licensing to kind of ignore the, um, landscapes you move through and experience in everyday life. Yeah. So, um, I decided to try to write a whole album that was about places that are, (laughs) that people come across in everyday life. So they're, they're like expressions of nature and wildness in Mm -hmm. the built environment. Mm -hmm. Mm And so I I kind of thought at the beginning that that would just be like, um, I would just kind of be doing my normal thing and just only be limiting the types of places I would look to for inspiration. And then the music Mm -hmm. would kind of, kind of sounding the same way it always has. And what I hadn't expected was that the, in order to kind of like write honestly about these places and how they um, felt to me. Um, I ended up kind of changing the sound of the music quite a bit. Yeah. That was a surprise and not a, um, it wasn't part of the original operating thesis.
0: (laughs) Well, so I'm interested in, I mean, so like um, I knew you were, Experimenting with like the, the felt piano. I don't know if that's what's going on on uh, the machine in the garden, like right at the, is that what, is yeah. that part of what's going on? Yep. There? Um, so as you think about, as you, can you talk a little bit more about sort of that responsiveness of the sounds that you are reaching for or like, uh, or that that shift in how the, Paying attention to these environments was saying, "Oh, you need it. You need a different. You need a different I,
1: sound." Uh, there are a couple of things that play there. That I mean, and they, I, I kind of like stumbled on them over the course of writing and recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, what I liked about, I mean, on one level, it's also it's just nice to have kind of a reminder of there's a person there. Like, mm. yeah, by using that, you know. Prepared piano and miking it in that way, where you get all these kind of mechanical noises, and you hear me sort of breathing and huffing and puffing, and my mm. limbs banging around and all this stuff. um It's not just like you know, here are these notes that have like come down out of the ether. There's like this right. sort of guy sweating, <laughs> um and I thought that that like you know, abstractly, that kind of gets to the heart of. Well, mm. yeah, and yet, and again, the thing that your the excerpt you just read kind of talks about. It's like you you can't. Yeah, you can't have like a model of conservation that says like the, the best way to treat the world is to stay out of it. Like, you know, right. humans are here. And so you better figure out a way to, you know, appreciate and you know tend to the world in a way that doesn't, you know, that, that sort of acknowledges and celebrates the existence of people. <laughs> mm. um, but I mean, uh, from a more like straightforward, practical perspective, I, I just I mean, I like those sounds. Mm-hmm. Um and, I, th- and this writing this album kind of really coincided with a period where I would really just kind of fell in love with um, like acoustic piano sounds, like yeah. all the noises you can get out of these cool machines. Yeah. And um, with the themes of the album, I, I found that whatever I could do to make these songs sound um, mechanical and organic mm. and eth- ethereal all at once mm-hmm. um, would serve them all really well and like there's no instrument my money that can do that better than a piano that you've messed around with a bit
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so there are a few things that are i mean there's plenty that there's there's a lot that you said that was interesting there Ben. and I, i've got like two two follow-up things like is it would so there's part of me that would describe this record as softer than some of your previous work, does that resonate with you or, or do you feel like I'm, is that,
1: uh, you know, maybe it, it it feels more, um, I hadn't thought of that. Um, there's more kind of restraint on it. I think I, it, mm. it's it, the goal for, it sort of moves in the opposite direction from my previous album. I yes. realize now just talking about it, right. where like the salt record kind of opened up with all these loud songs and yes. then became kind of more, swoony and ambient as it went on mm-hmm. um and this i wanted this album to feel kind of more like uh like an opening up like it, yeah. it's it begins with all the most restrained noises and then slowly yeah. kind of moves towards this place where your the piano is wide open and these arpeggios yeah. are flying all over the place yes yeah. um and I think a lot of that was just a lot of the imagery I was focusing on for this was stuff like kind of like plants bursting out of places where you wouldn't expect them to be or Mm, um, mm -hmm. like gardens kind of overgrowing their uh, boundaries. And um, I was just really taken by all these um, uh, situations where kind of uh, nature sort of bursts forth, you know, uncontrollably from um, structures that, you know, didn't take it into account
0: (laughs) yeah Um, yeah so i
1: like the i like the idea of the album kind of slowly becoming wilder as it goes along um both like within each track and then from as a kind of whole arc as well yeah like the last song is this wildly indulgent uh just like a bunch of ecstatic arpeggios for 10 minutes
0: (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask you about that in terms of you know so i know that that um templates for limitless fields of grass it comes from this art piece right and i and i don't have the artist name right in front of me who's
1: is... yeah uh his name is gary catedrion
0: yeah do you want
1: to
0: um uh, do you want to describe that a little bit but
1: what... sure sure um i i met this guy uh several years ago in um oklahoma i was in tulsa and he was there hmm. on a uh, artist residency and we crossed paths and he sent me off with this um, booklet he had made that is, um, it's just, I think it contained four or five um, like detailed pen and ink drawings of blades of grass. Right. Um, so like, and no vanishing perspective or anything. They're just sort of like um, they fill the entire page, and in um, each of the four pages, is slightly different, but they're all you know same general idea, a bunch yeah. of grass. Um, and the idea is. Uh, Once you have this booklet, you're supposed to photocopy those pages in any combination Mm -hmm. as many times as you can and then paste into your walls and then fill, you know, a room or rooms with it, kind of create this installation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the idea of making but you could, like, make this immersive, inhabitable space Mm -hmm. um, from, you know, such a simple... um, modular set of basic ingredients yeah um and it's sp- like mostly because uh, like when you're in this space like after the uh you like filled your walls with this thing you're wandering around it um it doesn't it, it feels chaotic and wild it doesn't seem like wallpaper that, like the things yeah. you notice are not these like recursive patterns but the places where they don't line up and all these irregularities mm. um, and I, I i was similarly taken with the like yeah, just this idea that you could create some like something so kind of chaotic and unpredictable and wild seeming could come from, you know, literally just replicating <laughs> one mm-hmm. thing over and over and over again. So the song tries to do something similar, where it just has, you know, this a couple of very very simple basic mm-hmm. ideas, and then tries to um, build a, in like a big immersive space out of it.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of, um, so I'm did you, um, so to clarify, did you, uh, did you do it? Did you, it sounds like you did it.
1: Oh, the, like with the, with the pages? Yeah. Uh, I, um, I, I've done like a mini version. I usually You've don't have like walls, Yeah, <laughs> but right. I mean, I've been to a, uh, I've been to a, uh, he had like an installation set up at his studio there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, um, uh, a,
1: yeah, no. Unfortunately, I don't like live in houses often No, no, no. To, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. To, to try to do things.
0: it in your car. But that would be kind of dangerous. But yeah, like, no. It's a
1: great way to get arrested.
0: Yeah. Um, so what's
1: But officer, it's an art project. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Well, go right along. Oh, limitless fields, <laughs> of grass. I I know this one. Um, Why didn't you see you? <laughs> um. So what's what's interesting? Like, have I wonder. I mean, what you said about boundaries before is interesting to me, like both in the sense that like, for that installation, you kind of need an a structure, right? Um, you need mm-hmm. you need a man-made thing, a wall, a room, something like that. But I'm also interested in what you said before about like we have gardens. We have boundaries sometimes you know, I mean, like, yeah, to, like they quickly become overrun. Like, it's not even like if you're like, I mean, if you, if you like yeah well, you, around, you, live, in, you, you know. live in North
1: Carolina, this happens like oh my <laughs> God. every day. Yeah.
0: And, you know, like my, we were doing some gardening yesterday and like a lot of snakes in our garden, right. You know, just like hanging out. It's their home. Uh, they're just, they're just there um under under rocks you know chilling out and so i'm um, it sort of brings yeah. me around to this this you know your song this rush of beauty this sense of order and there's part of me that, as i was listening to that i was like what is this sense of order and like is like it's a sense of order but it's not actual order <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: no, you're totally... Wait, have I told you that, that what that song is? That's, that comes from a line that Evie Wright wrote of, in his... uh wrote a poem uh, in a letter to his wife about gardens and gardening. Oh, I didn't know um, it. Yeah, so you, you picked the perfect example. Mm. Um, yeah, and that, I, I guess, I mean, to speak a little to what you were just saying, mm. that, maybe that is why the album ended up feeling quiet to you. It, it, yeah. It's the thing I tried to concern myself with and making music about this sort of thing is just what you're talking about. It's like, I I found that if I could put as many kind of limitations on myself as I could, Mm -hmm. um, like, and make these songs kind of as like, I tried to boil them all down as much as I could. Like machine in the garden has about three notes in the melody. Mm. Um, a lot of the the structures in these things are very simple. And then if I could just kind of get myself out of the way, or like get my kind of composition brain out of the way mm-hmm. as much as i could and then kind of allow these sounds to do what they would mm-hmm. um i think that that's the, the producer and i uh, dan cardinal kind of agreed on that philosophy early on to try mm-hmm. to kind of um focus on like the noises the instruments made and mm-hmm. um like get all these these things kind of creeping in at the edges um, and yeah i don't know i, I think I I'm happy with the the way the record came out sounding for that reason. I think it it's yeah. it, uh, it's kind of like making all these old gardens and allowing them to get overrun with, you know, piano noise.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting that that like I mean, so we've got like that parallel of composition being the an order that is imposed on sound, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah you're like being a landscape architect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but you have to, you know, allow for the fact that the trees will grow over the course of the next 30 years so you don't want to plant too close together. <laughs> like that sort of thing.
0: Huh. So when you, so I'd love to think a little bit about sort of process and it's sort of, you know, it's looping back around to uh, limitless fields of grasp, but it's also about what you just said about like how in, in the process you have to sort of at least turn part of your brain off or maybe, or maybe like strategically think about it. But you know, I, I've always loved that, Chuck Close quote, inspiration is for amateurs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, but, but, you know, as I was reading your, as I was reading, you know, what you've written about this album, it it struck me that I have to say, Ben, like there's part of me that has imagined your process as one that's heavily dependent on like, oh, I will, I will go, I will be in the space, I will be inspired. And then there is music, you know, <laughs> and, and I was like, I probably got some missing elements. There. <laughs> yeah, um, I know.
1: I wish that, that worked. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, I mean, there's an extent to which I, I am still kind of dependent on that, but mm-hmm. I, it's more like, I don't know that I would characterize it as inspiration. I mean, there's yeah. like, there's a lot of, um, I mean, I guess the, the Chuck Close stuff that I do is, like, the other side, where, like, yeah. I, I have to kind of be turning out... I have to... Um, before I start writing about a landscape at all, I I write, you know... Uh, bl- out of, I guess being, like, blanks. <laughs> just have, hmm. like, a, like, a bunch of kind of... N- a notebook full of just musical ideas with no direction or form, um, like, kind of ready to be expanded on at any moment Mm -hmm. um once i kind of um i'm struck by something that i want to write about but it's i don't know that it's necessarily like going somewhere and waiting to be you know uh inspired it's sort of um as i move through the world um trying to be a well be present and aware of when something is confusing or um Mm -hmm. You know, vexing or um, uncomfortable making to me. Um, and then I can, like, kind of figure out how I feel about that by trying to reflect it using these musical ideas that I've got this, you know, little backlog of.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, it's a, and then I, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, you think I'd be better at explaining my process by now. <laughs> That's the Because no, 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 no. then it, there's like, there's also this element that I didn't have this time, which is that. Often before I record an album, I get to like run around the country playing these songs in like a billion different rooms. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of grow into themselves. And then uh, what I had to do this time, and it like for the thing you we were just talking about, I guess it was appropriate. Um, I I didn't really have that opportunity. Like most of these songs I haven't really played live that often. Right. Um, I just had to, they, they were recorded and they were in yeah, for that reason, I was able to record them in kind of their simplest form. And then, I mean, as over the coming months and years, as I play them every night, they'll kind of become something different and I'll fill in the edges. And um, I kind of like that. That's like, that's the folk musician part of me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like
1: knowing that the, knowing that they can have a life outside of their recorded form.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been wondering about you know this past year and obviously there are lots of impacts of this pandemic but that process one I mean did you um did you it, it sounds like one of the things that you and Dan were thinking about with this album was one of constraint did you end up just sort of thinking about that as like oh this is a this is a constraint that we have. We have. To, I have to figure out how these songs breathe a little bit without that opportunity. And were there, were there, was it just that conversation between the two of you? Were you sort of airing them out to other people a little bit through the, through the inter, the internet?
1: <laughs> um. I mean, a little bit. I kind of mm-hmm. arrived arrived in the studio with that um, plan in mind. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like as I was writing, it was just kind of. I, I at first I didn't really know how to write about this sort of thing yeah. in a way that felt honest. Mm. Do you know, I mean, I, I feel like it, it would be too easy to, um, you know, I can just I could roll in anywhere and say like this is a song I wrote about Rhode Island and like no one's gonna like no one can challenge me on it. <laughs>
0: well, that's what you say when you're in Rhode Island.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> so I I I. I
0: this is Montreal song. I mean, it's Pawtucket song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel if I, 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 it, it would not be interesting to me if I were kind of fudging it. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I really didn't know how I was going to do this. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that was the, the, the answer I ultimately struck on was just like, and maybe this is was a better answer to the question you asked a few minutes ago, <laughs> but, like, I'm not naturally inspired by, you know, like, plants on the sidewalk and, and like, mm. piles of debris, and, uh, like, I, I really had to kind of force myself to go out and look at them closely, and, and then I was surprised by the things that I did find kind of mm. moving or confusing or confounding. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have if I hadn't kind of... Assigned myself that challenge, and yeah. that was actually served pretty well by the like circumstances that I wrote most of the album under, which was like as you say, at the beginning of a pandemic. So right. uh, I really had to kind of like walk the walk after like having told everyone that I was going to go off and write an album about you know everyday places outside your back door, and then mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't allowed to leave my house for, <laughs> for six months.
0: Right. Right. Well, so. so- I mean that, that sort of attentiveness, you've said it a couple times, sort of noticing in yourself when you find something confusing or vexing. Um, Do you you remember a specific moment where you felt like, where you were looking closer at an everyday, you know, something that, that, you know, yeah you might have I mean, walked past a billion times
1: well if I, it's hard to say. i had actually just just moved to a um sublet in northampton massachusetts okay. when i started writing this yeah. um this, this album or like the bulk of the album mm-hmm. there's some stuff that i wrote beforehand that wound up on it um so it's hard to like i was really kind of like finding my way around the town mm. for the first or like getting to know it intimately for the first time anyway mm-hmm. um but I was, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I mean, it's a thing I mentioned before, but I, I really, like, plants growing in weird places was yeah. a thing I definitely became very focused on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved, like, I'm also, like, I've always been a big nerd about it, built environment stuff generally. Like, yeah. I, I think that, like, sidewalks are really funny. Like, guardrails are interesting to me. Just, like, the ways that, kind of, like, roads get retrofitted into, you know, places that they weren't before.
0: Right.
1: Um, I, I, I love this kind of thing. And I don't, I usually don't get to talk about it too much. Um, so in a way I kind of like, <laughs> this sounds also an excuse for me to go all, you know, uh, like <laughs> environmental studies on it. Right.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, yeah. I think um, once I started noticing kind of like weird median, weirdly shaped median straps, like kind of like plant kind of like like, like spreading out in patterns across, uh-huh. um, like sidewalks, and like noticing that that, like this pattern of that happening was also replicated over here in the southern part of town. It's a different mm. plant, but like, like how did that get there? Right. Um, it it I don't know. It, it actually became a very, uh, like helpful way to like remain kind of grounded and engaged with the world during a time when
0: yeah.
1: Uh, you know, everything had stopped. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's a. I wish I probably get the quote wrong. There's a, but there's a um, uh, a quote about noise from John Cage, who like mm-hmm. obviously talked about noise a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he, mm-hmm. he said something to the effect of, um, "Noise is this thing where if you don't, if you're not paying attention to it, it is annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you do pay attention to it, it's interesting." Right. Um, and I kind of feel think that it's also the same for like many elements of the adult environment. They're like, you know, like it's like loud and uh, like concrete and like not necessarily made with like aesthetic decisions in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, <laughs> there's fair. like, there's, there's so much to kind of, I don't know, There's there's a lot of beauty to be found in the ways that like, you know, mm. highways and buildings and things like that kind of fit into the landscape, and the landscape kind of swallows them or rejects them or mm. kind of absorbs them. Uh,
0: and, then
1: and then I had to write piano music about that. So. <laughs> I
0: I mean, what's interesting, I mean, like this kind of brings us back a little bit to the beginning of our conversation. As you think about, there's a lot of beauty, um, you know, how do you, like, how do you end up, and this might be the sort of composition brain, or this might be the sort of, you know, editorial brain a little bit, or, or even just in what you say about in the music and you know, when you're performing, but how do you avoid that sense of romanticism that is like, oh, what, you know, sort of what we're seeking out is beauty when it sounds like what is a little more interesting is what we're seeking out is, uh, interests, vexation, curiosity, questioning, those sorts of things
1: yeah i mean i guess what i would say is that they're not those aren't mutually exclusive sure. things like and that like the um often the way to make sense of something that is confusing or, or like uh in, involves finding the beauty in it mm-hmm. like yes. um, when i like one of the songs I talk about a lot on stage is this, this song I wrote several years ago. You've heard me play a billion times. Yeah. Um, but called Abilene, which is like I wrote yeah. the first time I drove across Kansas. And it's mm-hmm. all about feeling overwhelmed and uh, like kind of panicky about how
0: sure.
1: you know, enormous the space was and how I couldn't make sense of where I was inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while to realize that that was what I was feeling as I was driving, but then as, as I kind of sat down later on to try to reckon with it, I realized and be like, oh, that's why that was happening. And it's pretty cool that like a body can be made to feel that way yeah. <laughs> by some, by something as simple as, you know, like putting it into a different physical space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, th- I think that um, paying attention to the, you know, not just the things around you, but like the, the shape of the, the world you're moving through and, and how it's acting on you unconsciously or not or subconsciously or not um is like always worth considering and and, like i I have found it to be a like pretty therapeutic way of making sense Mm -hmm. of you know the world as i experience it
0: yeah Well, um, there are a couple of arterial songs on this record um, yeah which i have to say like thinking of the built environment brought me back to Portland, Maine and to Franklin's
1: That is the part, that's, that was the arterial. Uh, in, in mind. <laughs> yeah. Excellent,
0: excellent, uh, I feel very very good yeah. about that. Um,
1: but yeah, it's, so it's supposed to be little slices across the uh, across the landscape, the rest of the island.
0: so. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I, I'm sort of, I mean, I think number four is it's less than a minute. It's like
1: yeah, it's right? like it looks really hilarious on the vinyl, actually, because it's it, right. like it's on the same size as templates. So it's like that song takes up you know half of the side of the record, and then there's also this little like weird <laughs> ribbon <written over, laughs> of so, yeah. yeah.
0: That's an interesting visual sort of
1: yeah. The, the record looks insane. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Huh. But I'm glad you like those songs though
0: i do i do and and it's sort of like i i think it's a i I mean i think it's interesting to just think about like how you help your listeners either on a record or or in concert sort of transition if that makes sense um and you know the way i was thinking about those songs is sort of like how they might represent some sense of like movement from one space to another but it sounds like you're more thinking of it as like what you you use the word slice
1: yeah well it's both right like yeah it's that that road it's like kind of this annoying obstacle when you're walking across (laughs) portland (laughs) but it's like but it's a uh but it's constant movement too you know so it can be it, it kind of Sits in one place and it divides the landscape up, but it's also, you know, like this, uh, like, distillate of constant motion. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And like very kind of regular and orderly, but like chaotic in its way. Um, I thought, like, the way to capture something. I mean, and it's like, it's a a pretty central ingredient of the landscape there. So,
0: very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah.
1: uh, The idea to do multiple ones of them was actually. Dan's i i'd written the first okay. um, yeah, the the first one and then he said like actually you know like i'll just leave it running why don't you do like like five or six of these and we'll pick two <laughs> huh. and so i uh, we did
0: well, that's interesting
1: yeah so it wasn't originally the, the second one um, and i'm really glad i feel like it, it helps give the album yeah. a much much clearer shape
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, um, originally it was just the first one
0: interesting huh um well,
1: which I think there's so, a so well too is uh, like a highway you know or the, the, from from a certain distance all highways kind of look the same <laughs> right but right even if that even if the details are different
0: yeah no that's a good that's a good point that's a good point and um, and it's interesting too because uh, you know I I don't know it's an interesting sort of opportunity in the studio to say, well, let's play with this and see what happens. I mean, there's not a lot of cost to that, right? On the other side, if like those five or six don't work out, right?
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, it's true. I mean, other than you know, time, time, uh, the whole time is money thing, but exactly,
0: yeah, right. other, <laughs> yeah, than, no, it was, other it, than money.
1: It, it felt very luck. Actually, this is the first time I haven't. Um, self-produced a record it was Mm. i'd I'd never i never recorded a solo record in a studio even before i'd always kind of um like spent years obsessively tooling around with like these recordings of my own in pro tools so by the time an album came out i like had no distance from it whatsoever (laughs) Um, it was really neat to i mean especially if like as we were talking about before a lot of what i was trying to do was kind of leave room for Leave room for wildness in these songs, mm. um, and having to work fast like that, and trusting that mm-hmm. you know Dan would be there on the other end to kind of like, intr- like he'd be he mixed it would, like was able to introduce all the uh, like a bunch of interesting sounds that we kind of collected.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: uh, it it really felt philosophically correct for this album to to do it in that way, and he was such an awesome person to work with too. I think mm. he was glad to have the chance to do an instrumental album
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting I mean that and that that trust is so critical in that relationship right you know I mean the...
1: yeah I was very very lucky
0: it was... mm-hmm. um, well so Ben I've taken more time than I said I was going to but I think you might know that I ask a question at the end of every interview inspired by Langhorne Slim's Twitter feed when he just kept tweeting random songs and with the cap, all cap best song ever, knowing <laughs> that whatever the best song ever is today, isn't going to be the best song ever in a couple hours or tomorrow or next week. Um, but, uh, so Ben Cosgrove for you today, right now, what's the best song ever?
1: <laughs> well, uh, geez, yeah, that that's even yeah. Thank you for phrasing the question that way, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still a terrifying question. um <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I on the spot, I would have to say I think the best song ever is probably today's best song ever is "Amelia" by Joni Mitchell. Ooh,
0: nice one. Um, Don't say it's anything. Such a... Don't even explain it. Uh, don't explain? It? No. Oh
1: okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean it'll be self evident to anyone who goes to listen to this song yeah. <laughs> you can. yeah.
0: And to try and explain the best song ever is like if you don't get it then you know <laughs> then maybe there's it's nothing not I one. can do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, don't don't let me think about it too long or else I'll think about it. No I don't.
0: I know you'll all be pulling Joni Mitchell up to uh, check out the best song ever, but don't forget to seek out Ben's new record, The Trouble with Wilderness. You can find it on streaming platforms and you can order a vinyl or CD copy at bencosgrove.com. Make sure you share this episode. You can send it around to friends. You can uh, tweet it You can put it in your Instagram story. Uh, If you're old, you can put a link up on Facebook. Uh, But feel free to share it around uh, and share Ben's great work uh, with those that you know and care about. Till next time, have a great day and thanks for listening.